You better get that frog up your throat. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <clears throat> oh, we're good. Yeah, we live. All right. We're going. What's up, people? This is Beetle and Powers. What up? We are back in our podcast studio coming for the fourth? Is this the fourth or the fifth episode? This is the fourth. Fourth. I guess we could have looked last that week up was beforehand. The third. Okay, last well, week was third. Well, that's good. This has been a whole lot of fun getting to uh, record these podcasts and just share our thoughts and our heart with you guys. And we hope that you are enjoying it. Um, let us know if you are. Just give us some ideas, some more feedback on it, things that we could do better, things that you like, different things like that. Um, but man, church life has been just great lately. Just really busy, hasn't it, Powers? Oh yeah. So we've, like, we've done a lot of things here lately. Yeah, like. Between VBS and, and just t- typical services, and you know, we had a um, a baptism at the at the lake or at the, the river. river. Sorry, we, we, the we're river. not lake people here. We're not. We're river people. That's right. Sorry, I didn't even grow up around the water. So I, anyway, um, but yeah, we had an, we had an awesome time. I didn't get to even be there because we were sick. Yeah. My family and I were, but uh, we've had a lot of things going on in the church life. Yeah, the students were at the river again this past Wednesday, just hanging out and. It was a good time for like the new fifth graders to that are coming up into sixth grade to come and hang out, and yeah. it rained like monsoon for probably twenty minutes. But yeah, they were all already wet anyway. Yeah, so. we, we were at the beach for that. I need a vacation from my vacation. Yeah, yeah. You get more tired on vacation than you do just normal life, you know, mm-hmm. and things you do every day. Yeah. And so like we have <clears throat> another thing for students coming up: Nerf Wars this Friday. So if y'all find a Nerf dart in your seat on Sunday morning, just blame it on the middle schoolers, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then hey, our- funny story. <clears throat> so there was a Nerf war that happened. I don't know years, years ago. ago. I know where you're going with this. And there was a Nerf dart that stuck in the bricks for years. Years. And like it became a running joke that like when that thing falls off, the church is gonna fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it got knocked off and we're still standing. So. Yes, that's right. <laughs> That's the every that's, morning I'd see it and be like, "Oh, it's still there." Yes, it's like the hope for the future. <laughs> that's funny. Our uh, student beach trip is coming up here in a couple of weeks too, and I'm really, really excited about that. It's been a lot of thought, prayer, planning going into that, and I'm just really excited about what the Lord's going to do in these teenagers' lives, but also for the adults that are going. I think I'm just as excited about the adults getting to experience the weekend apart, yeah. you know, because sometimes I can only think about just the students and it's my job to think about students. But at the same time, I'm thinking about the adults that are going to be there that are serving, that are making sure kids aren't drowning in the ocean and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah. how like this getaway can be good for them too, for their faith. Yeah, And I'm excited to be able to just lead them for, but for us to get to lead them in that way and just, love them and, you know, just point them to Jesus there. Yeah, it's a good time to just get away from things and to really reflect and to think about Christ mm-hmm. and uh, to do it together, um, you know, with the uh, same age group and things like that. So it's, it's going to be a cool trip. I'm excited. Yeah, like last year's beach trip was a huge, like, momentum mm-hmm. for the student ministry. I think we baptized since... After that beach trip last year, we had we had nine kids get saved last year on the beach trip. Yeah, and then since that beach trip to now, 
there's been like 20-something students getting baptized. Yeah, that's incredible. Just, yeah, and I think the Lord's really done a work using that, just that weekend and moving, using that um, momentum in the student ministry in these kids' lives. Because mm-hmm. now, like, I know we're just opening this up, but uh, there were kids that heard about the beach trip last year that became involved in the student ministry just because of what they heard about it. Yeah. And so that's just really cool to see how the Lord works and uses things like that to change lives. Yeah, that is neat. Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, we're going to get into what we're talking about today. Mike moved into back into Philippians chapter 4 in this Philippians series, and really we just kind of talked about Disputes in the church. Yeah, this Sunday, and it was a really good sermon. It was mm-hmm. so good. So, Mike, if you're listening to this, we love you. Keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, amen. so amen. <laughs> so he, he talked about disputes in the church and just gave a lot of really great wisdom, um, scripture, just a ton of things that pointed us to the Lord within that <clears throat> context. But today we want to look at those that passage. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and just kind of break down some thoughts of what we had there. And so just kind of looking at that first verse in chapter 4, it says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So, Powers, that therefore is really important. Absolutely. Any, anytime you see a therefore or a sense or because of, or a but, anything like that, you got to pause a second and go, okay, wait a minute. Therefore. Why is it there? What is that therefore? Therefore, it's therefore because of this. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you've got to take time and pause. And so like, you know, I was thinking about that earlier this morning as I was uh, praying and meditating and I was actually walking. But, um, you know, the things that Paul has talked about, he's, he's talked about how uh, that God who's started this good work in them will continue it until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, he's talked about how to live as Christ and to die as gain. Um, he's talked about Christ's example of humility. He says, like, uh, have the same mind amongst yourself that Christ had, how he humbled himself. He's talked about us being lights in the world and how we shouldn't have quarrels and fights. I mean, he's talked about Tons of things, our righteousness coming through faith. And now he gets here and says, Therefore, because of all of this that I've shown you, that I've taught you, brothers, stand firm. Yeah, stand like, firm. He's given us a bedrock foundation of what Christ taught, of what the apostles' teachings were. And he says, Now, stand firm. Because of all this, stand firm. And it's the work of the Spirit in us that allows us to stand firm, right? He perseveres us, yeah. right? Yeah. What's really cool about what you just pointed out is that people look at the book of Philippians as like the book of joy. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is talking about having joy in the midst of all these different things, how the church is his joy, all these different things. And then, like you said, has this, <clears throat> has this hey, because of these things, Stand firm. And I think that's a really cool thought of, hey, you can have joy in the middle of anything. Mm-hmm. So therefore, stand firm yeah. because you can have that joy. Yeah. So like, let's say we go on this beach trip and it flops. Let's just say it flops. Our joy and our standing firm doesn't come from the experiences that we have. They come from the, f- the foundation, the solid truth of what we know who Christ is for us. Yeah. And that is what Paul's talked about here. He's like, this is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for you. This is how you should view this. This is what this means. Now, because of all that, stand firm. So 
it's kind of a challenge for me too, like not to live in yesteryear mm-hmm. of what God has done. Yeah. And not to, not to think God's not doing something now, even though I'm not experiencing maybe this super mountaintop experience. It's like, no, the Lord is consistent. The Lord is the same. Mm-hmm. Stand firm in what you know. Yeah, we talk about this all the time by living by what you know instead of what you feel. Yes. Because our emotions can be manipulated. Oh, they're a horrible God. Yeah. And a horrible guide. Yeah. <laughs> our like, emotions. <laughs> you can make yourself have emotions. I, we've probably talked about this. Oh, already. yeah. We listen to stuff in a, in a minor key and we get sad. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Like, Teenagers yeah. listen to song to get them in their feels, you know? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so our emotions can be manipulated, so we can't let our lives follow how we feel. Mm-hmm. We, we let our lives follow what we know. That's right. You know, Alistair Begg, I was listening to him one day, and he said that this—we'll keep moving after this, but I just thought it was so profound for me as a worship pastor. But he said the worship leader opened up the service with, how do y'all feel this morning? And Alistair said, don't ask me how I feel. He's like, I ran over a dog on the way here. I got in a fight with my wife on the way here. My kids weren't, they were being unruly. Like, don't ask me how I feel. Ask me what I know. Yeah. You know, like, because we have to remind ourselves of these solid truths that Paul has been addressing here so that the joy comes from those things. It doesn't come from what we experience. Now, it can. Like, we, we obviously experience the Lord, and we have joy in that. But more so than that, like we said a second ago, our emotions will lead us astray more times than not. Yeah. The solid truth of who Jesus is, what he has done, and now what he's calling us to, that is where our joy comes from. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, mentioned the beat strip a second ago, if like it was a flop. Like, I think I'm going to have fun anyway, just because. Oh, man, it's going to be good. Even if like the, the services and worship and the meals are not good. And looking at you, Jeff Coven, if the meal's not good, I'm blaming it on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was kidding. But um, but anyway, just thinking about all of that, it really, I, as long as I'm getting to hang out with those kids and just be a part of their life, my, that I'm going to be happy. Oh, as, man. You know, especially yeah. at the beach, man. Like, yeah. As I'm long as a, there's not double red flags. Yeah. We didn't even get to get in the ocean. Double red flags stink. Yeah. If, if double <laughs> red flags are this coming or in a couple of weekends, I'm going to be a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. Just about that. But, you know, they love the pool. So, <laughs> anyway, just kind of, that's, that's such a good thought about having joy and standing firm by what we know. Following mm-hmm. Jesus because we know who he is that's and right. not letting the outside forces of our life dictate how we respond and how we act. Mm-hmm. And this kind of segues to something we're going to talk about here in a minute, but um, just thinking about like what you said with Alistair Begg and like, don't ask me how I feel, ask me what I know. Yeah. Because we can put that in perspective for all of us. Like who has a perfect Sunday morning or Wednesday evening oh, every single time before they show up to church? Like we, we are getting up and leading people. And so we kind of have to fake it how we feel sometimes. It's funny you say that, like, you know, especially in a more of, if you are in a church that thrives off of experience for the Sunday morning gathering, um, then yes, you will put on a show. Yeah. You'll put on this fake smile at times. But if if your gathering is geared more around the word and geared more around what we know, there's just a complete, there's a more vulnerability there to me. It's like, okay, I'm going to come here with all my crap, with all the stuff that I've had going this week, this morning, and I'm coming to be reminded of who yeah. Christ is, what he's done, that I have been 
made right with God because of Jesus, that I've been forgiven of my sins. Kind of like what we talked about with communion mm-hmm. last week. You know, I'm coming to the table and, and allowing uh, myself to be reminded of what He's done and be sanctified through His Spirit, and we get up and we continue to persevere in Christ. Like, if our Sunday morning service is just about experience, then I would say go to a rock concert. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like because you'll get a great experience there. It'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be flashy. The lights will be awesome. The feeling, experience. But come to church, and expound on what you know. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I think as a leader in our position, when we stand up in front of people and we're honest about what we're feeling, and we still preach the gospel anyways. Yeah, that shepherds the church better. Absolutely, and they, think, and they know us. Yeah, they know some of the things we go through. You yeah. know, if we're honest about how we feel, and we. Like we're not faking. Like I, I said a second ago, sometimes we can get up and fake it. Like I don't think we're just gonna stand up there with an angry look on our face if we yeah. had a bad morning. Yeah. And for those of you who couldn't see, he had the little quotations "fake it." Yeah. <laughs> so he's not saying like we really get up there and fake. Yeah. But but they get what you're saying. Yeah. And so I think we're not we're not gonna get up there and just have an angry just ticked off look on our face no. the whole time if we had a bad morning, if we argued with our wife, if the kids are being bad, if the dog pooped in the carpet, you know, like <laughs> whatever it may be, right? If, if something went wrong in the morning, we're not going going to allow that to just completely ruin our job and how we yeah, absolutely. operate. But also at the same time, like when you start to worship, when you begin to center your life around, okay, those things like, yes, they matter, but not nearly as much as worship of the Lord. Like yeah, I can you, reconcile with my wife, and I can clean up mm-hmm. the dog turds. Like, and I can, I can just deal with the mess. But Jesus, <laughs> you are worthy. Yeah, yeah. And we preach to ourselves what we know. Yeah. We come back to what we know, and we ground ourselves in that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think also a discussion that can come up from this, like, and of course, this is Paul talking. You know, so he's kind of this pastoring role. He's doing a lot. Mike and I were talking about this yesterday. He's doing a lot of pastorly, pastoral care here. You know, he's trying to, to help in a pastoral way. But I think sometimes we can read this and say, okay, well, it's the pastor's joy to view the church, the body of Christ, as their joy and crown. But I would say that as a believer, if you say you love Christ and you trust Christ and you want to live your life for Him, but yet you do not go to church and you don't participate with the body, you're severing the head from the body. Yeah. You're, you're cutting that off. So is, is the body, in a sense, do you love the body of Christ? Do mm-hmm. you enjoy the body of Christ? Because if you're a listener and you say you're a Christian but you don't go to church, you need to examine your heart because the church is the bride of Christ. And yeah. Paul says they're His joy and His crown. And I think that bleeds over into the congregate too, the, the the member of a church. You should love the body. I mean, you cannot have the body detached from the head. You have to be a part of the body and the local fellowship to grow in Christ Agreed. and to mature. Yeah. We have to do life with the people we worship. Absolutely. With. You know, I think even if, like you're saying, from the, the standpoint of I'm a believer and I don't go to church— I'm coming at it from I go to church and that's the only time I see the people at church hmm. like or the people in the church. That's yeah. it. I don't yeah. hang out with them. I don't talk to them. I don't even think about them. Yeah. I just go to the church to say I went or because I feel like I need to and then that's it. So there's no fellowship. There's no yeah. real communion. Yeah, and like I think part of the church experience, Mike talked about this, um, part of the church experience 
is having association with the body. Yeah. Not not saying that church is an experience. You know, like that's not what it's all yeah, about. But yeah. like, well, but there, we are the experiencing the Lord together. I'm I'm thinking through like the sanctification, the being made pure, righteous, yeah. holy in the name of Jesus. Like you don't do that alone. Mm-hmm. You won't ever look like Jesus all by yourself. Yeah. Apart from the church, there's a lot today. We kind of hit on this with communion, I think, last week. But there's a lot of viewing our Christianity as just me, yeah, and not this togetherness. You know, like we we need the body. We need to gather together, not just on Sunday mornings and Wednesdays, and and that I think is the most important times to gather. But I think that we also need each other just throughout the week. Like mm-hmm. if you're not in part of the a part of a body of Christ, you don't have fellowship with other believers. You don't have accountabil- accountability with other believers. You don't have this vulnerability that I, the body iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this there's this sharpening process that happens through the work of the spirit as you and I commune together yeah. and fellowship together and come back to what we know. Yeah, so when we have an issue with somebody when you have an issue with somebody, someone else in the church can speak into that, ah, right? Yeah. And that's yeah, what that's we good. see. That's what we see in this in this passage that Paul is saying. I entreat Santiki and Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. Issue I have. Issue you have. Yodia. Yodia. Yoda. Whatever you want to call it. He's entreating. He is. He is petitioning. He is asking these people to agree. And so he he says, I ask you, true companion, help these women. Mm -hmm. And just thinking through that idea, if you're not involved in community in the body of the church, you're not going to have a true companion in that way to help work through disputes, conflicts, issues that may arise in your life. Yeah, and you kind of sit in an echo chamber of what you think is right, mm-hmm. of what you think you should do. And yeah. anytime we go, this is what I think I should do, man, we need to be reminded of, because he says to agree in the Lord. Mm-hmm. He, do, he just doesn't say, hey, I need y'all to just come to, Mike kind of touched on this, I don't need y'all to just come to an agreement, but it needs to be an agreement in the Lord. Yeah. So all these things that we stand firm on, all these things that we know, those have to factor into the agreement process here. Um, yeah. You know, like, you may like something a certain way, I may like something a certain way, but I, which I don't think that's what's happening here. I think there was a deeper issue here that was going on. I don't think it was like carpet in a church, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like th- these little, we're going to talk about it in a minute, these petty differences, you know? But, like, this was something that has caused them who have served together, served with Paul. He knows these two ladies. They've done... Uh, work for the for the advancement of the gospel, and now they're at disagreement with each other. Mm-hmm. He's going in the Lord. You need to reconcile this. Yeah, and and he's going. I entreat you. He's not saying, you know. I think about like entreating someone. You're coming to them, going, "Hey, I'm pleading with you for the sake of this. Mm-hmm. Do this." Yeah, you know, it's not like this. You better get this right. It's more of a, hey. Let's think about what we know here. Let's think about how Christ has commanded us to live. Please consider these things and make this right. Yeah. There's a difference in his tone there than mm-hmm. just you better get this thing right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just it's just not that's not how he's speaking to them. Yeah, you're right. And I think um, this kind of points to this in a sense like we can't just sweep issues under the rug. No. Like we we've kind of had conversations about this of when issues arise, if there's an issue that is major like you said a second ago like 
lights, carpet. That's preference. Yeah. But, like, if you have an issue with another believer in the church and it's causing friction, Mike used a case study from one of my courses in seminary called uh, Soul Care in the Congregation. So it's basically like dealing with issues as a pastor in the in the context of the church, and this church was splitting over rose bushes, like yeah, this this huge issue of roses mm-hmm. in front of the church. These people were leaving, and these small groups were being divided, and these people were being hurt, and the pastor was being attacked, like all of these things, um, because an issue was put way too big. That was a preference issue yeah. of of those things. Like, if you see a preference issue do something to a church that big, imagine what the personal disputes are. Yeah. Right? We see we've seen it in our community of churches splitting because of two different stances. Oh yeah. yeah. And I think if we were to put it into the context of this passage, like deal with your issues but don't break community. Yeah. Like yeah. there's some things that are are deal breakers. Sure. Like if someone's being apostate, like yeah. that's a deal breaker. Or coming in like, and like saying, you know, Jesus wasn't born of the virgin, or yeah, you know, like like things like that. Those are like Christ isn't the Son of God. Those are things to break <clears throat> fellowship over and to go potentially go separate ways over. Yeah, but things that we're speaking of, these are reconcilable. Yeah, problems. Yeah, like even if someone has hurt you, like like caused your name to be disgraced in the community, there is there is still the ability to reconcile fellowship and have mm-hmm. fellowship and friendship over that. Mm-hmm. You may not be as close as you were, but there's still the ability because as Christ has forgiven us, we forgive, right? Yeah. As Christ is um, And I guess like the call is just don't be petty about things we disagree about. Yeah. Right? Just don't be so I guess the word is arrogant that your stance is the only right one. Yeah. And see things from people's point of view and try to come to an agreement and things like that, right? Yeah. Like Paul yeah. said, or not Paul, Mike said, grab some humility Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> said, grab I some humility. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we can be petty in, in disagreements with people and say, I'm not going to forgive them until blank. Yeah, until they do this. Yeah, yeah. and... This morning, I was reading about Thomas when he doubted that Jesus had risen from the grave. Right? He said, "He said, unless I feel yeah. the the hand, the hands and the holes in his hands and all Side, this stuff, yeah. I'm not going to believe." And I'm not, I'm not going to believe. And then Jesus shows up and was like, "How much more faith do these people have that don't see and still believe?" Right? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking... Yeah, blessed are those yeah, who have not seen but yet believe. And I'm thinking through that 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 passage in the context of what we're talking about of believers disagreeing, where Thomas is saying, I won't believe unless blank. Believers say in this and what we're talking about, we have people in the church who say, I won't forgive unless blank. And yeah. I think the whole thing that centers around this is Faith ushers forgiveness mm. in that sense. Like faith for Thomas, they, we talk about Thomas as the doubter, yeah. right? If he would have had faith, he would have been more blessed and he would have trusted that Jesus was alive. And for the for the disagreements among believers, forgive because you have faith in Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I think 
Two, I think, I think I'm going to kind of round about and come back mm-hmm. to this. So, mm-hmm. like, Paul is talking to them in a familial way, like family. Yeah. Like, so, you know, it's like me coming to my kids and saying, hey, you know, <clears throat> we're family. We're thicker than blood. Like, you know, remember who you are. Remember who we are as a family. And no matter what happens, we stick together. Yeah. Like, we do not, you know, because I've got extended family um, that now, even today, still don't talk to each other. Mm. Um, and I think that's very, very sad. And I know that I don't know all the ins and outs of what happened and what, what, what has gone on in the past, but at the same time, we're claiming to be Christ followers. We need, to, we, need to, we need to reconcile our differences. But as strong as family is, think about how much stronger the bond that we have now in Christ should be. We're adopted yeah. into this family. We were not part of this family. We were foreigners and aliens, and now we've been adopted in the Romans 8, I think I think it's Romans 8, talks about how the Spirit of God now testifies with us that we're children of God, yeah. that we've been adopted. So you can be black, you can be white, you can be Asian, you can be Chinese, Puerto Rican, doesn't matter. Our bond is not through our tribe. Our bond is not through our financial uh, status. It's not through our pedigree. Our bond is Christ mm-hmm. and the spirit that dwells within us. Yeah. And so Paul's coming to them going, hey, we're family. Yeah. Love one another here. Work this stuff out. Um, but trying to come back full circle, what was the main question? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot what you were talking we're, about. We were just talking about how um, we were talking about pettiness, how forgiveness ushers in faith. Oh, yeah. The faith is ushered by forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. So like now, okay, so we're family. We have faith in Christ. We're bonded uh, by the Spirit. Um, you know, I think of the the parable that Jesus tells about a master who had a servant who owed him like 60 talents or something like that. And yeah. that's like millions upon millions, maybe even billions of dollars that he owed this master. And he pled with the master and the master forgave him. Yeah. All his debt. Then it's like the next day, maybe even the same day, but some time had passed, and that same servant who had been forgiven all his debt turned around to a guy who owed him like a day's worth of money and like threw him in jail mm-hmm. and said, you're not getting out of here until you... He like, like choked him, like, you're not getting out of here until you give me all this. And then I think about what Jesus says at the end of when he's teaching in Matthew the Lord's Prayer. If you don't forgive those... Your father who's hurt you, who sinned against you, your father in heaven will not forgive you. Yeah. Our like what you're talking about here, our faith, our our trusting in Christ, our faith in Christ, and how we've been forgiven, and how we extend that to others, they are they are tied together. Yeah. So if you're a person who trusts in Christ or says you trust in Christ, but then you can't forgive those who harm you around you, those who do things that you don't like. That's showing your understanding of what you've really been forgiven of. Yeah. And therefore, we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, as Paul urges us to do, I think, in this book. Yeah. Um, For it's God who's at work in us, you know, um, to will and to do for his good pleasure. But I think that they are mutually tied together. If we can't forgive people, then we will not be forgiven by God. That's not a works-based thing. Yeah. That's an evidence of our salvation and we understanding what has happened through Christ on our behalf. Yeah, I think um, just kind of piggybacking off of that, if we're 
being petty in the sense of I won't forgive. We're saying that what we disagree about is worth more mm. than the bond that we have in yes. Jesus. Yes, yeah. And we're allowing our emotions to drive us, mm-hmm. like we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. We're allowing the fact that I'm hurt, upset, whatever about what you've done or what I haven't been included in or whatever. Yeah. That is worth more to me than the fact that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, mm. that we have community in Jesus, and that our sins have been forgiven. That this one little moment is worth more than the eternal bond that we have. Yeah, I think we were talking about this the other day, how we can have such a poor view of things where it's either a bird's eye view where we're looking at stuff from mm-hmm. above or we're real close to it. From the bird's eye view, we're, we're able to zoom out and see the big picture, Yeah. right? And when we're, when we're being petty, we're, we're not seeing the big picture. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the from an inch away. Yeah. There's this, this meme I saw the other day where this guy was on Twitter, and he would post something, and someone else was making fun of him and would basically post the same thing, but in this minuscule way, just trying to get under this guy's skin. <laughs> well, this dude was in a plane and he took a picture above some country and he said, plane view from, or as it was like 30,000 feet above, I think it was Africa, Yeah, honestly. I think it was like 30,000 feet above Africa. And this person said, took the picture of the thing, making fun of him, took a picture of what was at his feet. And it was like tiles in a grocery store and it yeah. said, Five feet from Africa. Mm. And it was like this picture of 30,000 feet above Africa was so beautiful. And you could see all of these lines of plots of land yeah. and farms and all this stuff where this person was making fun of them and there was a tile there. The In the middle of the mess, it looks disgusting, mm. right? We're, yeah. We see the tile there and it's gross and we're like, eh, you know, that's that's not what we want to be. But when you look at the big picture and you see the beauty of it, you see how things work together. Mm, And so when we're having disputes with people, we need to back up. Mm -hmm. When we're, when we feel upset, when we feel like, I'm going to be petty about this, I'm going to hold this against them. I'm going to fill in the blank. Take a step back. Yeah. Mike talked about this Sunday. If you feel like you got to get people in your camp, you're, you're probably stepping in sin, Mm. right? So we should take a step back and look at the big picture. What's yeah. happening here? How can I show them Jesus? How can I show the people outside of the situation who know what's going on yeah. that the gospel is worth more to me than this? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, like he says, like the true companion. Yeah. Help these women um, who've labored. I mean, he says they've labored side by side with me together uh, with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Like, he's... <clears throat> he. He is. He's asking for this true companion here, and we don't really know who this was. Yeah, we kind of touched on this earlier. It could have been a friend, someone yeah. in the church, a servant of the church. That and what a dictionary actually says it could have been their spouse. And I thought that was an interesting uh, take on that. You know, like yeah, on one end it could be it could have even been like the the main leader of the church, his true companion, trying to hold peace. But then come down now to this other idea, like you're bringing up. Like, what if it was one of their husbands? Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is which I think segues, and we don't have time to go into it. A a uh, awesome conversation about men, like we are to in our families lead our families well and to help resolve issues in the family. That like that is our job yeah. as leaders, you know, mm-hmm. in our in our family units. But every one of us has someone who's a true companion. 
Maybe, maybe it is your spouse. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe you know somebody who reorients your thinking back to what is true, yeah. back to the reality, the big picture like you were saying, like reorients us and helps us and pushes us to Christ and to remember what we know and to stand firm upon those things. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the role of this true companion. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you have someone like that in your life, which, hey, Mike brought up a good point too. Maybe one of your best friends, not like someone you hang out a lot with, is not godly, and the wisdom they're giving you is actually foolishness, according to what the scripture says, like in Proverbs. Be very careful with that person. That is not a true companion. A true companion is going to point you back to what we know from the scripture mm-hmm. and help us to be obedient to that and to fashion our lives around that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's no such thing as a wise fool. <laughs> That's funny. Was it oxymoron? I guess. You wise fool. There's no, no, there's such, no thing. such thing as yeah, that's right. There's no such thing. And so if you're listening to someone who is foolish, and what is the standard of foolishness for us? Someone who lives by the world standards. Absolutely, yeah. And so if you're listening to somebody who is giving you advice based on what the world would do, mm-hmm. you would be turning into a fool. And maybe even just encouraging <clears throat> your emotions to lead you. Yeah. That's yeah. foolishness. Yeah. That's foolishness. So I think having a a good friend in your life that you can call and bounce things off of. Mm-hmm. You can you can talk to. I think part of the reason that we have deacons in our church that serve multiple people is so that these people would have a specific person in their life that, hey, I'm dealing with this and I need some wisdom. Yeah. And even if the deacon can't give it to them, they can move to Mike or one of us and say, hey, like, how do I deal with this issue? Yeah. And they can be a true companion and serve that person. Absolutely. I think I think that's how the church is supposed to work, that we have people in our lives that we we run to when we have disputes, when we're yeah. feeling, hey, I'm gonna be petty about this. Yeah. When I'm struggling with something, I can I can run to you powers and I can say, Hey dude, I'm dealing with this. How do I need to handle it? Yeah. Because I'm in the middle of it and then my emotions are telling me to do this, but what do you think from the outside? Yeah. Yeah, and you want and you want someone you want that person, not to just give you, and I'm air quoting here, godly wisdom. Yeah, and not also be living a life of godly wisdom. Yeah, right. So like a lot of us have friends that are Christians, but they're not really living their life in obedience to Christ. Like they're they're kind of watered down, and they're you know what they think about things, and so like you don't see a lot of cultivation even in the things that they do every day. Um, the way they talk, the way they act, the things that they do, like, and they they're 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 Christians, I think, but they're just a little immature. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes down to it, they want to give great wisdom and be that person. Be 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 careful with who you allow. That's my point. Be careful with who you allow to be your true companion. Yeah, I think we've got to be wise and discerning in that as well, of who to let that person be for us. Yeah, I think a good way to kind of test that is you're, we're, we all have friends. And so watch how that friend acts yeah. in life before you need advice. Absolutely. And so if you see how they act before the advice comes, it kind of validates the words that they would give to you. Yeah. And so if they look like the world in the majority of your interactions, mm-hmm. but when you have an issue and they start trying to pour into you, I'm going to struggle to follow their advice because their life doesn't back up what they're telling me. Yeah. But if I'm hanging out with somebody who's trying to live righteously, who is trying to honor the Lord in their their life, and Monday through Saturday, Monday through Sunday, whatever, 
they are seeking God, okay, I can trust them a little more with the advice that they're going to give me because they are actually living it out. Yeah. And so, like, the challenge, that's hard to do. It is. Because we love our people. Oh, yeah. And and it's not that, you know, let's say you're in a friend group that that is doing the way you just described that. Like, it's not that they're just, it's not like you just write them off and they're mm-hmm. bad people, you know? Like, that's not what we're saying. But, like, what we're saying is this true companion needs to be somebody who is godly not just on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a church event kind of godliness, like, but a godliness through and throughout that all of Christ for all of life kind of person, yeah. you know? Powers, I think that's why a lot of people come to you when they have issues, because they see the type of life that you live. Like, there's so many people that you, I can name. I'm not going to name specific names, but the fact that they, know, they see how you live your life, and there's, they say, I know I can trust Powers. I know he's in the Word, and I'm going to go talk to him because he's going to pour into me godly wisdom. Hmm. Like, I see that in your life, and I think people, I think other people see that too, you know? I think that's a really good example to kind of bring up there. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, for those listening, um, just remember, be careful who you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Be careful who you're trusting. Um, and uh, also... Let's let's grab some humility, like grab Mike some said. Humility. You know, let's yeah. grab some of this humility and and love one another and work through our disputes and our issues. That yeah, we have. yeah. So. so we're about out of time today. Yeah. Um, but as we close, I just want to challenge you guys or ask, really ask, be in prayer for this beach trip coming up for our mm-hmm. students. Man, yeah. We're so excited about what's going to go on, but we we want the Lord to move, and we know that He hears the words of His people. Yeah. And. I'm just asking that we ask him together mm-hmm. that the Lord would save, that he would restore, that he would lead students in repentance, that he would he would call kids, that students that don't even know that they're called to ministry, that they would their eyes would be opened up this week. Yes, praying for the Lord to call men <clears throat> to ministry. Yeah. Just, uh, yes, praying for the Lord to raise up some of these young youth. And so join us in prayer and, again, just be, be praying for us. I'm really excited about it. And lastly, like Power said, it's kind of be that true companion. That's a, that's a thing. Like challenge yourself. Be a good friend to somebody. Yeah. A godly friend. Yeah. Cool. That's all we got today. We hope you guys have a great week. We can't wait to see you Sunday. Peace. Peace.